Welcome to Murder Minute. On today's episode, Mary Quigley. But first, your true crime headlines. In West Seneca, New York, a bar patron accused of fatally pushing an 80-year-old man over a confrontation about the need to wear a mask has pleaded not guilty to criminally negligent homicide. On September 26th, 80-year-old Rocco Sapienza confronted 65-year-old Donald Lewinsky at Pamp's Red Zone Bar and Grill in West Seneca because he was not wearing a mask. Lewinsky then shoved Sapienza, who fell and struck his head on the floor. He was knocked unconscious and died of his injuries on October 1st. In New York State, customers at bars and restaurants are required to wear face coverings when they are not seated. The owner of Pamps did not respond to multiple requests for comment, but said in a statement that Mr. Sapienza was, quote, a part of our Red Zone family and loved by all. Lewinsky's attorney, Barry Covert, called the death a tragedy, but said in an email to the Associated Press that he had, quote, received witness statements that make it very clear that the victim was the aggressor. The defense attorney added that Sapienza was disgruntled for other reasons, including that Lewinsky's son's band was playing in the parking lot, blocking his usual parking space. He was disgruntled that he could hear the music inside, Covert said, and he was unhappy that my client and other people were bringing tables and chairs from inside the bar outside to the patrons who were enjoying the band in the parking lot. Lewinsky was wearing a neck gaiter as a face covering, but failed to raise it over his nose and mouth when he came back and forth inside the bar, Covert said, but the lawyer added that Lewinsky, when asked to put his mask on, quote, did so readily. Erie County District Attorney John J. Flynn said that surveillance video showed the two men sitting alone at different sections of the bar. Mr. Lewinsky got up a few times, including to bring a round of drinks outside the bar area. Each time, he was not wearing a mask. The video shows the bar owner went up to Mr. Lewinsky and spoke with him for about a minute before Mr. Sapienza put his mask on and approached them. Quote, out of the blue, Mr. Lewinsky, two-hand, shoves Mr. Sapienza, Flynn said. As he fell, Mr. Sapienza's left arm knocked over a nearby bar stool, and his head hit the floor. At Erie County Medical Center, he underwent brain surgery, but remained unresponsive until he died five days later, police said. Mr. Sapienza was reportedly very well-liked among customers at the bar, and often took the role of protecting the staff. According to police, Mr. Lewinsky had made, quote, lewd comments to other patrons and employees, which may have fueled the dispute. It was unclear whether the two men knew each other before that evening. Donald Lewinsky entered a plea of not guilty at a court on Tuesday and was released on his own recognizance. As a condition of that release, West Seneca Town Justice Shannon Filbert ordered Lewinsky to stay away from Sapienza's widow, prohibited him from posting about the case on social media, barred him from entering bars or restaurants, and prohibited him from possessing any firearms. A Texas police officer has been charged with murder after fatally shooting Jonathan Price, 
a 31-year-old black man last Saturday night. Wolf City Police Officer Sean Lucas responded to a call about a possible fight after 8 p.m. on October 3rd at the 100 block of Santa Fe Street, according to a statement from the Texas Department of Public Safety. Quote, Officer Lucas made contact with a man later identified as 31-year-old Jonathan Price, who was reportedly involved in the disturbance. Officer Lucas attempted to detain Price, who resisted in a non-threatening posture and began walking away, according to the statement issued by the department. Lucas used his taser and then fired his weapon, shooting Price four times in the torso. Price died in a hospital shortly after, according to the statement. Quote, the preliminary investigation indicates that the actions of Officer Lucas were not objectionably reasonable, it said. Relatives of Price have said that he was attempting to break up a fight between a man and a woman at a gas station. Civil rights attorney Lee Merritt said that there is surveillance and police body cam video that likely captured what happened. The situation was resolved before law enforcement arrived, according to witnesses, the attorney said. Why this officer still felt the need to tase and shoot Jonathan is beyond comprehension. Lucas was booked into the Hunt County Jail by the Texas Rangers. He is being held on $1 million bond and has been placed on administrative leave pending an investigation, which will be conducted by the Texas Rangers. Tennessee is offering a $10,000 reward for information about the disappearance of a woman in 1992, authorities said. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation is asking for information about Sheila Bradford, whose family reported her missing to the Benton County Sheriff's Office on September 22, 1992. Bradford was 33 at the time. She had contacted law enforcement about providing information in a 1991 double homicide and arson before she disappeared. Governor Bill Lee announced the reward from the state for information leading to the apprehension, arrest, and conviction of whoever is responsible for Bradford's disappearance. Those are your true crime headlines. Up next, Mary Quigley, but first, a quick break. I believe reading labels is key. I do it with everything, from the food I buy to the beauty products that I use. And this year, I've been making the switch to more natural products. That's why I decided to go native. Native deodorant doesn't just block odor better, it's made better using natural ingredients that you can actually recognize, like tapioca starch, shea butter, and coconut oil. Did you know that most deodorants work by using aluminum, which forms a plug in your sweat glands to keep you from sweating? Yeah, that didn't sound healthy to me either. That's why Native never uses ingredients like parabens, sulfates, aluminum, or talc. And switching to an aluminum-free deodorant doesn't mean you have to sacrifice on odor protection. Native keeps me smelling and feeling fresh all day long. With over 10 scents, Native has something for everyone. Their most popular classic scents 
are coconut and vanilla, cucumber and mint, citrus and herbal, and my favorite, lavender and rose. Plus, they have rotating seasonal scents, like pumpkin spice latte. But best of all, Native is vegan and never tested on animals. So it's not just good for your body, it's good for everybody. Native is risk-free to try. Every product comes with free shipping within the U.S., plus free 30-day returns and exchanges. Do what I did and make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash murderminute or use promo code murderminute at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash murderminute or use promo code murderminute at checkout for 20% off your first order. What are you waiting for? Go native. Do you get bored with your workouts? If you're looking for a fun workout that keeps you engaged, learning, excited, and motivated, you need to check out Fight Camp. Fight Camp brings the boxing gym to your living room. Boxing is one of the best ways to get in shape and learn a new skill. Fight Camp provides all the gear and top trainers, everything you'll need to get in fighting shape. The best freestanding punching bag on the market, great boxing gloves, quick hand wraps, and their unique punch tracking sensors that show you real-time progress and stats on any iOS device. Plus, Fight Camp even offers kids' gloves so the whole family can get in on the action. Learn from six highly qualified trainers, ranging from a pro MMA fighter and mother of two to a kickboxing world champion. And if you're new to boxing like me, their 12-week starter program teaches you the fundamentals of boxing while you get a great workout every time. Fight Camp has hundreds of different workouts for all fitness levels and skills. And with new ones every week, you'll get hooked. Try Fight Camp workouts for free. Just download the Fight Camp app and select the workout of your choice. It's a great way to test your trainer. With a firm financing, you can get your gym right away. Make easy monthly payments, and the gym is yours to keep at the end of your term. At less than $100 a month after approval, it's cheaper than almost every boxing gym. Fight Camp offers flexible financing for as low as 0% APR. And right now, as a limited time offer, you can try Fight Camp for 30 days with their money-back guarantee. Just go to joinfightcamp.com slash murder. That's right, join Fight Camp for 30 days, and if you don't love it, they'll refund your money. Train like a fighter and turn your sweat into results. To try Fight Camp for 30 days, just go to joinfightcamp.com slash murder. That's joinfightcamp.com slash murder. Welcome back to Murder Minute. On the night of Friday, September 9th, 1977, 17-year-old Mary Quigley, a senior at Santa Clara High School, hopped on the back of her friend's motorcycle and headed to a back-to-school house party. The home was near the corner of Monroe and Market Streets in Santa Clara, California, just across from the high school. 
despite having agreed to give her a ride home, Mary's friend appeared to have left the party without her. When he returned later, she was gone. Mary left the party at around 11.45 p.m., witnesses said. She was alone and on foot and headed toward the house of a friend who lived in the area. She never arrived. The next morning, on Saturday, September 10th, a groundskeeper at Washington Park, now called War Memorial Park, noticed what looked like an object up against the chain-link fence that separated an apartment complex from the Santa Clara High School athletic field. It was the body of Mary Quigley. She had been hanged to the fence with her own clothing. The teenager had been raped and strangled. Her body was nude except for her shoes and socks, and she was covered in dirt, debris, and ants. It appeared as though she had been dragged. Her purse and its contents were discarded in the grass nearby. Mary's autopsy was performed the next day. Semen was found on and inside of her vagina, showing that intercourse had occurred within 72 hours of her death. The cause of death was strangulation by ligature. The markings on her neck and her injuries indicated that she was strangled from behind while she struggled and attempted to claw at the ligature. She was tied to the fence after she died. Despite an extensive investigation and DNA evidence on the body, detectives couldn't identify a suspect. In 1977, DNA sequencing was just being developed, and the technology simply wasn't ready in time for Mary Quigley. Her case went cold for three decades. But over the years, Mary's friends and classmates kept up the pressure on law enforcement to keep the case alive. And in 2005, Detective Sergeant Chasm resubmitted evidence from Mary Quigley's homicide investigation to the Santa Clara County Crime Laboratory for DNA analysis. Several months later, on December 27, 2006, the crime lab informed Sergeant Chasm that a computer database search of DNA profiles of known offenders had found a match. Richard Armand Archibek, age 47, a Santa Clara resident and former classmate of Mary Quigley's. The killer's identity was discovered through DNA samples that he was required to submit because of a conviction for the 1979 rape of another teenage girl. For nearly 30 years, Richard Archibek had been living as a free man. After he dropped out of high school, 
he had been working as a handyman. He got married, had a daughter of his own, and later divorced. But on December 27, 2006, Archibek was finally arrested for the 1977 rape and murder of Mary Elizabeth Quigley. Santa Clara County Assistant District Attorney David Tompkins said that he was satisfied with the arrest. This was a heinous crime, he said, and it cries out for justice. And that cry was heard. The nice thing about murder is that there is no statute of limitations. On March 2, 2009, after a nearly 22-week trial and three days' deliberation, Richard Armand Archibek was convicted of first-degree murder in San Jose, California. I am so grateful that police and our society didn't forget, didn't quit looking, said Janice Goodman, Mary Quigley's mother. It doesn't bring her back, but at least I know what happened, and that's more than I ever had before. On March 27, 2009, Archibek was sentenced to seven years to life in prison. Today, a small heart-shaped plaque marks the spot at the fence where Mary Quigley was killed. Her grave can be found at Mission City Memorial Park in Santa Clara, California. This has been Murder Minute. For true crime anytime, download the Murder Minute app or follow us on Instagram at Murder Minute.